Thanks for tuning into the Happiness Playbook, a podcast that supports your practice of play theory, a life strategy that cultivates hope, generosity, and validation of self and others. Here at the Happiness Playbook, we believe life is a team sport, and we're all in this together. So let's join forces as we focus on the positive and share tips and practices to improve your happiness game. I'm Larie Florence, and I'll be your host for episode 91 of the Happiness Playbook. You're going to love the tips that Jana Hargadon shares about intentional practice and its role in overcoming anxiety and finding joy. In our last conversation with Jana, we focused more on the origins of play theory and how they came to be through the theater group that I'm still involved with, Take Note Troop. But since then, Jana has gone on to live in different parts of the country. She's done lots of other work, some with youth and in different places. And this episode, I would invite her to talk more about where she's at with the Play Theory Principles in her current life work and Mm -hmm. anything else she wants to talk about that will help us continue in our practice with Play Theory. The be present critical in our well-being and as if we talk about happiness we often put happiness and joy in the same boat but in my experience they're different and for me happiness is found in the moments especially those moments that you you know say yes and to yes say yes and to or you're you're present like you know sitting here with Larie talking this is very happy having a lovely lunch with someone um, having a delicious piece of cake. Forest bathing. We did that this Forest afternoon. Forest bathing. These are moments. That's where happiness is found. And joy is a state of being, of experiencing the whole spectrum of life, sorrow, grief, disappointment, um, happiness, gratitude. And it involves connecting with others without control, like sitting with others' experience, um, as they have their own journey. And as a mom, that's always that's sometimes kind of hard because you want to swoop in and yeah. save or control or manage, and that's not really within my sphere of control. Well, I think that, that fits in with the let go and play, mm-hmm. right? You're going to let go of the control or you let go of your expectations. Well, it's like you let go in love. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think playfulness, there's love in play. Mm-hmm. You, know? we, you could change that to let go and, and love. That would be a great upgrade yeah. to that principle. And so this this idea of of joy, of this state of being, um, means like letting go also of of comparisons and caring about the judgments of others and embracing the truth that our worth never shifts. We were all at one point mm-hmm. newborn babies, and that worth has never shifted from day one to day 100 you know I would sometimes when I was angry at my children oh none of them listen to this because they think that I was a perfect mom <laughs> but they all I, know that's not true if I had a Neither moment were perfect <laughs> if I had a moment where I was quite angry that was a trick I would do I would try to remember them as a little tiny baby mm, that's and sweet. think oh, okay I've got a little more patience for them right mm-hmm. now. And that's, that's cool to think about that being tied to that acknowledgement or recognition of their true value, yeah. their true worth. Yeah, our true, our true worth. It just doesn't shift. And if you think of the most joyful people on the planet, 
they are little children because they have yet no sense of judgment. As soon as we start feeling comparison to others, we let go of joy. Mm-hmm. And so... Well, it's a scarcity, right? If we're comparing ourselves, if they're better than us, then we don't have enough to feel good about ourselves. When we really, mm-hmm. there's plenty. There's yeah. plenty to feel good about. Exactly. I took a class in positive psychology, and there was a book called The How of Happiness, and it was our textbook for the course, and it was fascinating. It's, it's basically a book that's based in research and data studies to support these uh, principles of, hap- of how to be happy, and basically it comes down to a pie chart that your happiness is 50% a genetics and there's a genetic set point where your level of happiness is differs for everyone. So that's 50% of your happiness. And 10% is circumstance. And 40% is intentional practices. And I'll never forget when the teacher presented this and we had read about it, people in the class, like, that is not fair. <laughs> they were upset by this idea that we would all have a different genetic set all of our set points and that 50% would be different right right and I mean I know a guy Matt Bachman yeah who is just happy he's just like a happy dude it's true he's always cheerful he's always smiling and so his happiness set point is higher than mine but the power and the beauty of this science-based pie chart was that your circumstances account for only 10% of your happiness. Now, there's this thing called hedonic adaption where we adapt. So, for instance, say you win the lottery and you win a million dollars. Your circumstance, that 10% really became jumped up more than 10%. You were super happy, like, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh. But then over time, what they found would happen is that we would adapt to that and say, ooh, that guy has a BMW next door. I want that. Right, your expectation of what you want is is rising because your income has risen. Yeah, like my new house is really great, but look at their house. And so Mm. this comparison thing comes in, and it drops you back down to your genetic set point. But then the powerful part of it all was that 40% of your happiness is your intentional practice. And that would be things like gratitude, exercise, self-compassion, compassion, mindfulness, and so, and some other things. But that's where this be present, this play theory principle of being present. Right, because it's something you're, you're taking, your intentional action. Yeah, it's an intentional practice that can raise your happiness level. And uh, this uh, accounts for a person's mental well-being, And so for me, being present creates um, a powerful space in our brain, literally in our brain, but then in our life. And there's a quote by Viktor Frankl. You guys know, probably know who that is, the Holocaust survivor. We we did talk about him in a previous podcast, but yeah, he was a survivor of one of the Holocaust camps and his family was killed. He was a psychiatrist Mm -hmm. and he came through it and then he ended up writing a different type of um, psychotherapy because of his experiences Mm -hmm. so he said 
Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and freedom. So this quote is really important to me because it illustrates the power that being present has in helping us to create that space. And between, so I'll say it again, between stimulus, so imagine a stimulus in your so life. So that's something that's happening to you or input, things, things that you're aware of. A trigger, mm-hmm. something. So between stimulus and then imagine the response to that trigger, there is a space. Now, it could be a millisecond because you get mad really fast or right. you, you're, you know, you're super sad all of a sudden without... The space can be really thin, but what being present does and what being mindful, and in my experience what meditation does, is it widens that space and creates something called equanimity, which is where there's kind of your amygdala in your brain. It's on the side of your brain. Um, it settles it down, and it's, it's where you, your cortisol hormone, your stress hormones released, And so when you're present or mindful or you meditate or you settle in calm, that trigger of cortisol is subdued. And so you just have this calmness. And that sounds really valuable in our current culture where anxiety is just rising off the charts. Yeah. It's it's an enormous... Oh, well, it's just rampant. So... That's kind of the, the foundation for being present. And I just finished teaching these courses to teen girls with anxiety on mindfulness. And we incorporated some journaling with nature and doing some art stuff. But our quote for the class was, you can't stop the waves, but you can learn to surf. And the learning to surf is how what intentional practices are you going to choose to do in your life to help create that space between the stimulus and response so that you can surf the waves of anxiety, fear, depression, nervousness, or just bad circumstances that you have to deal with, grief, the loss of a yeah. loved one. Yeah. You know, and my brother um, was a surfer, and he would go out and sit on his board in the water, and there was no cell phone out there. There was no anything, just sun Social media. <laughs> and water and rhythm of the waves, and you had to be totally present. I, I love this analogy because with surfing, you, you have to yeah be present, and then you have to let go and play if the wave... Yeah isn't the one you want or you do fall off and then mm-hmm. accept the energy of the wave and you you build on that by mm-hmm. your posture on the board and yeah. you actually have to look outward too so you don't run into people yeah and you have to look <laughs> outward because you have to know the rules of the game yeah you have to be polite because there's a certain etiquette out there on the sure. on the waves and so in the class when we would talk about being present and how how do we surf these waves of anxiety we would do some very basic breathing one of the strategies and being present is required for this is that you notice the thoughts you name them to tame them and 
it's a huge strategy for us to kind of be aware, to create that space after the stimulus to be able to name the thought that's coming up for us. It's not always easy to pull that thought out of your back pocket. Or to identify what this, this feeling that you're, you're buffering from or you're running from or that you're uncomfortable, that's, it's making you uncomfortable, what, what exactly is mm-hmm. it? Is it frustration? Is it fear? Is it mm-hmm. anxiety? How, what do you call it? Because if, if you're like me, you, I mean, I became very, in my earlier life, very good at stuffing the feelings or avoiding conflict. Ignoring it. Even my own inner conflict, it just, it just felt too unmanageable, and so I would try to avoid it. There's a quote by Amanda Palmer that says, If you don't deal with your demons, they go into the cellars of your soul and lift weights. Oh, man. So, and back to the surfing analogy, you can't stop the waves, but you can learn to surf. If I wasn't learning to surf, and so I was avoiding those feelings, those waves would go to the cellar of my soul. They'd go down deep, and And the waves would be bigger. They'd turn into a tsunami. Uh, Yeah. The waves were just huge. I just think that this idea of being present is really powerful, and it's not easy. It's like... How often do we get in the shower, and are you really in the shower, or are you somewhere else? <laughs> I used to think it was really efficient to be thinking about a million other things while I'm doing one thing, and that was a, a lie I told myself, because I'm actually more efficient if I'm present and I'm enjoying the moment, because the moment's fleeting. Once it's gone, it's gone. So I remember challenging myself and learning about this, from this How of Happiness this class to kind of wrap this up. Being mindful is one of these intentional practices. It is really a challenge to try to be present in your day. That, that's why we have the podcast, and that's why we talk about it being a practice. Mm-hmm. It's not a one and done. Yeah. You, you can read a book and learn about it, but then mm-hmm. you have to apply it. Yeah. And you have to practice it. And you have to give yourself loving kindness. Um, like meditation, people often think, oh, I can't meditate because I wander off. And, you know, I'm not really doing it right. Well, the whole point is to wander off because you recognize you've wandered off then you come back. That's exercising your brain. Strengthening the muscle. Yeah. And it's just your awareness is getting heightened and improved every time. Thich Nhat Hanh, he's a Vietnamese monk and he's a very lovely human. And he said, the present moment is filled with joy and happiness. And if you're attentive, you'll see it. So it's there. But you have to be attentive to see it. I love that. Yeah. Have a deep dive on the idea of being present and how mm-hmm. that serves. And that's that's why it's our foundational principle. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if you're not able to be present, you can't recognize that you have an opportunity to let go and play mm-hmm. or that you there is an opportunity to accept and build or to notice if there's something that's needed that you could step in and do, like you know, the, the looking outward principle. Yeah, you, so. you miss moments. You don't get them back. Okay, so one last thing, Jenna. What would be your, your pro tip if you wanted to encourage somebody to practice principle of play theory this week? What, what's something that they could apply or try? Are you in the shower or are you somewhere else? If, if you're feeling the water in your head and it's warm and it's fantastic and then you're thinking about, all of a sudden you're thinking about what you're going to have for lunch, that's okay. 
no judgment, just recognize that you are aware that you've shifted out of being present and just shift back to feeling the soap in your hands and the water on your shoulders and yeah, just start small. And then if you've accomplished that, you're like, wow, look at, look at what I did. I was present in the shower. <laughs> powerful, powerful tool to have real joy in life. You know, one of the places I'm good at doing that is with my grandchildren. Mm. And I think it's because they don't live close by me. Mm-hmm. And so when I do have the opportunity to be with them, I don't want to squander it. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I'll just... You want to cherish. I cherish and that. And we will we'll play, we'll laugh. I laugh so hard when I'm with them because mm-hmm. I am able to be present and, and let go and play and really engage with them. And, and it's a privilege for them to have an adult who says, you take my finger and go where you want to go. Mm, and they, they so love sweet. that. And because I'm letting them lead the way, I'm... I have to be present. Yeah. I'm with them. That's You're practicing an intentional practice, like I mentioned earlier, called savoring. Mm-hmm. So usually you see that word savoring, and you think of, oh, eating a chocolate piece of chocolate cake or something really delicious, and you're just so into it. Well, with your grandchildren, you're savoring those moments. You are allowing yourself to be 100% present with them, not worried about this or that on your to-do list. Right. And the to-do list will always be there. And there's a time and a place for that. We're not saying never think exactly. about or plan for the future or review the past. But as a society, we are losing the ability to mm-hmm. truly savor and to be present. And it's it shows up in these record levels of anxiety and dissatisfaction and depression and all these other things. Yeah. And so there, there are tools we can use to combat them. Sometimes there are bigger tools that are needed, like medication sure. or... Um, therapy and we can also integrate these intentional practices that are simple in our life maybe along with those to find greater greater happiness that's what we're all about yep and this was a happy time for me to spend with you Jenna thank (laughs) you very fun wow there's a lot to take away from this episode so many great thoughts on the intentional practice of being present Thanks again to Jana Hargadon for sharing her wisdom. Let us know what you think in the comments on playtheory.org or direct messages at the Happiness Playbook on Instagram. You can also comment on our Facebook page, which is Play Theory. I'm curious how many of our listeners enjoy a good video game. Tune in next week to learn how applying gaming strategies to our lives can increase our happiness. Till next time, keep intentionally practicing happy. You got this.